welcome to Two Boomer Women. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. I've been talking with Boomer women for almost a decade now. (laughs) Well, I guess I've been talking to Boomer women all my adult life. Uh, Reinventing myself several times along the way, though, but always focused on us, Boomer women. With this incarnation of Two Boomer Women, I'll be interviewing other women who have a message of interest for our demographic. If you want to hear about or learn about something specific, let me know and I'll find someone who understands us to talk about it. There's a contact page at twoboomerwomen.com. If you want to be a guest on Two Boomer Women, bring it on. There's an application form at the website, too. Finally, this show is all about conversation. We women know its value. We know how to do it and we must perpetuate the art form. So, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to the Two Boomer Women Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. You know how every once in a while you meet someone by chance and you just really like them? Now, you'll never be close friends because you don't really have a lot in common. You live thousands of miles apart and... Besides, you both have super full lives, too full to do the work necessary to really cultivate a new friendship when it has the aforementioned difficulties. I met my next guest about 10 years ago. I think you just clarified it was nine years ago. (laughs) At a conference of newbies trying to figure out how to grow a business online. Over the years, some of her social media updates have caught my eye. And I'll be honest, my respect for her grew from shock and awe to really impressed. Uh, I know this podcast is called the Two Boomer Women Podcast, and she is a Gen Xer, but I was thrilled when she agreed to share her story with us today. You'll find out soon enough, and I think you, listeners, are all mature enough to embrace having a younger woman as a role model. Fran Petrie, welcome to the Two Boomer Women Podcast. It is good to see you again. Agnes, thank you so much for having me. It has been quite a long time, about nine and a half years, so you were, we weren't off too much. <laughs> and you look fantastic, and um, it's so wonderful to reconnect with you. Absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah, and you haven't changed a bit despite the story you're about to tell us. <laughs> you should have gray hair and lines <laughs> and all sorts of things. Before we get into the real conversation I invited you to, let's backtrack those nine and a half years and have a quick explanation of my use of the words shock and awe. Nine and a half years ago, I believe you had, or I guess 10 years ago, you'd just written a book related to your life. Could you tell us about it? Okay, I'd be happy to. Yes, we met at a at a uh, at a conference for um, learning to grow our businesses online because I had just written a book and started a blog um, for mothers or parents of twins because I just finished my book entitled Twins Times Three. And that is my story. So at the time I had three-year-old boys, um, a middle set of twins that at the time were about, I wanna say, let's see how they are. Well, I guess, I guess they were about tw- uh, 11 and, um, and then my eldest girls were only 16. So. That was about 10 years ago. And um, so, yes, I wrote my book, Twins Times Three, and I told the whole story of how it all came about, which was a crazy roller coaster ride. But, you know, the humor, the, the, the good, the bad and everything in between, you know, combined with an incredibly supportive husband 
is, is the story that I was telling, but throughout the story, the, throughout the book, of course, there were so many subjects to, to, to touch upon everything from infertility, which was actually our story in the beginning, which was not our story toward the end. And just everything that you go through becoming a parent for the first time and all the struggles, um, having, um, you know, children that were in NICU, situations with breastfeeding and just all the things that we go through. So I decided to make my book, not just a story about myself, but a way to share this experience that we go through in life that we're not supposed to go through together, but we're supposed to share our experiences with other people going through similar situations, or maybe not exactly the same, but it's a lot of things that can be related, you know, by looking at the life of someone else and taking cues from their mistakes and their successes and allowing us to share these journeys together, because I think we're supposed to go through this together um, to help each other, inspire each other, educate each other. And that's what I was doing with my book and the brand new blog I had started just, you know, 10 years ago and entitled it as in branding myself, as we would learn to do, friendpetri.com. And to this day, I still blog on friendpetri.com. Um, it's a blog about parenting, you know, multiples and all the ups and downs and everything that has to do with it. So that's how we met at this conference. <laughs> in a nutshell. Yeah, that's great. And I've been so excited about having you on podcast today that I've actually told a whole bunch of people. <laughs> and when I say three sets of twins, it's like, uh, and that's where I started this with shock and awe because, you know, like most of us women, when we get pregnant, um, we probably consider briefly what would we do with twins or <laughs> if it was twins or something. And and those women I know that have had twins, it, it is a lot of work and especially for the first while. And, you know, the fact that you had three sets of twins was just like amazing. <laughs> so, and I mean, I had three kids in three years and I used to sort of brag about how it was so much work for the first five years. And after that, it was so much fun. But you must, you know, like I had a lot of fun with three kids. You've got twice that many. <laughs> so you, your holidays and your times as a family, now that you're out of the woods, I mean, there's no diapers, right. you know. Oh, I can totally relate to the whole out of the woods thing. I, I didn't think the first time around we were going to survive the sleep deprivation that we went through with the first two children who, you know, we were brand new parents, went from zero to two, not knowing where the instructions were, were supposed to be kept and, um, and what to do when finally you get them both down, but then one wakes up and you're trying to keep the other one asleep, et cetera. Yeah, it was, it was very, very difficult. And then we did it again, and then we did it again. And luckily, they weren't right on top of each other. So there was um, you know, a four-year gap and then another seven-year gap. But, you know, yes, now that we've gotten out of the woods, now that we've gotten to the point where, you know, we've got basically four young adults and then a set of teenagers still in every twin combination, we've got the experience going through it with two girls, with a boy-girl set, and then with boys. So uh, another inspiration for my blog, because it allowed, you know, me to be able to relate to everybody in the situation of twins, although none of my twins are identical. They're all fraternal twins, but I have the, the blessing of being able to understand the dynamic between the same gender, opposite gender and everything in between. So, and it has gotten better as I've gotten older. Um, yes and no. Um, but, but when it comes right down to it, everybody, I, I'm, I am the one in awe 
of the individual um, grace that each child has embraced in life by growing in a large family, seeing the mistakes and the, you know, the struggles that their parents have gone through, but stuck it out together. That's what we did and plan to do as long as we possibly can. And, um, you know, each child, even though they came in sets of two are, are so very individual and so very um, strong. And I admire so many things about each one of them. And um, so, yes, it's gotten, it's gotten better. Um, it's gotten a little crazier uh, this last couple of years or this last year, at least um, has been very challenging for all of us. I know. And it is, we all get together. It is, it's wonderful. And I would not have it any other way. And, you know, like as an outside observer, like to, to come out the other side of that, as if the youngest ones are now teenagers, mm-hmm. you're pretty much outside, outside the other side. You know, you have a strength and a resiliency and the fact that you share what you've learned. Right. I mean, your knowledge must be huge. So, you know, we're going to put that. Mm-hmm. This is not the focus <laughs> of my com- our conversation here today, but we're still going to put those links in the show no, notes. absolutely. Uh, because... You know, I think we all know people with twins and, uh, yeah, yeah. just to, to draw on your information. Well, and I mean, it's part of the story and, you know, it's part of what makes me who I am and how, what built me into who I am. And, and I think that it's amazing that what you do in your life and what choices you make as your children get older, they watch you, yeah. you know, you yeah, inspire them while they inspire you. And it's a, yeah. it's a give and take and it's a blessing all around. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll agree with you 100% there. I have refreshed my memory about okay. you. Um, <laughs> you had a perfectly good career in graphic design. And as I was reading up, I went, I remember that. And then you became a massage therapist. But apparently your life wasn't busy enough. <laughs> so you decided to, I, now I said, re- or follow your dream, but you resurrected a dream and... Finish my sentence, Fran <laughs> What did you do next? I, um, well, I am now uh, following uh, the, recont- the continuation of a dream that I had since childhood. I did not plan to have three sets of twins. That kind of is the story that evolved. However, since the time I was in, you know, diapers myself, I believe, I've been singing. I've been writing music. I've been writing song lyrics. And um, there was just something deep down inside of me that I thought that was what I identified most with. In my early 20s, I sang in a rock band in, in metropolitan Washington throughout Northern Virginia and into Georgetown. And that was what I did. I was a graphic designer. That was my design. My um, college field was focused on communication design, but also I was involved in musical theater and all that. So became, you know, part of me as well. And so what I've been doing recently, when the boys, the youngest set of twins, turned the, turned the bend of the year where they were about to turn 10, I just like flipped a switch. And I thought, you know, over the years, I thought about it. And I would just say, you're crazy to even consider it. But the thought of getting back involved in music, was always there. There were nights after really hard days with the children and my husband traveling like he did so many, many, many years. Um, and I was left home, you know, with kids. Ugh. Sometimes I'd sit late at night and I would just kind of search online. This is back even, you know, 10 years ago when I search online and look, you know, for bands, maybe looking for someone to sing with. Um, 
maybe just getting involved in that, that passion never ended. But as I was saying, when the boys were bending the, um, the year, when they were about to turn 10, I just, I just decided at that point I waited long enough and I did it. I, you know, I decided to make this happen again. I did not know what I was going to do. I did not know what the, what the journey was going to be, but I'm living that dream. I am absolutely living that dream. And I've had a lot of help. I can't take all the credit for it. You know, I've been given lots of maybe, I don't know, half a dozen extremely interesting people that have been placed on my path, you know, and not for just random reasons. I I know that that was something that was meant to be, you know, and we have dreams, ladies, we, we do. And I don't believe that those dreams were ever given to us by mistake. So, and that's actually the lyrics of one of my songs. Uh, follow your dreams. So that's what I'm doing. And um, I'm loving every minute of it. And I couldn't do it, you know, without the support that I have of my family, my husband, my children, and, um, you know, my faith in myself and faith in God, knowing that um, whatever I'm supposed to be doing, it's strong enough within me that says, just don't stop. Just keep going. We'll see where it goes. And, and I think that, you know, most of us can, can identify with that having dreams, especially when you're young, sure. you know, as a teenager, the, the world is mm. wide open, you know, right. like you're going to conquer the world, oh, yes. you know, Unlimited whether it's time. Being a... Unlimited time, we have so much time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so much opportunity, you know, so whether you want to be a singer in a band or a musician, acting, mm-hmm. traveling, traveling and writing for National Geographic oh, wow. or being a teacher in the remotest parts of the world, like so many of us had so mm-hmm. many amazing dreams. Right. So it wasn't, oh, yeah, I, I dream of, you know, being a teacher at the local elementary school. Like they were, they were big dreams. But for so many women, they just, they stay dreams. In those first, um, I'm going to have to think, would it be 15, 20 years? Because you said your boys were 10. Mm-hmm. Or, well, well, even the yeah. first, say the first eight years of being crazy busy. Mm-hmm. Was it still there or had it sort of drifted a little bit off the radar well, because you were busy? Well, you know, I, I would work. So I was, um, I was a graphic designer and I still do a lot of graphic design work. I haven't worked professionally as a, as a designer since probably around 2012, maybe 2013, where I was working um, pretty consistently then. I've, of course, you know, applied the knowledge that I have and I keep up with everything software-wise for my own websites, you know, for any type of things like that. However, but when I was working, my children will tell this, they, they will attest. I worked from home, which was wonderful. I could do that while my husband was at work and I was raising children and I could still be able to have flexible enough hours so I could jump to school, do lunch room, or maybe do, you know, room mom stuff, um, get involved with fundraising and things. And I could jump back home after I brought the kids back from carpool. And then they could start doing homework. And I start working again in my office. And they always knew I was in there doing that because I was always singing while I was working. I, I completely wore out you know, the audio section of my CPU computer, because I would just play all of my favorite CDs and just sing, sing, sing all the time. I never lost the passion for enjoying that aspect of what I, you know, was part of who I am. But did I think that I was going to actually get back in and do this? Um, Many, many times I would look back on my life and remember, I have videos and I have 
a tape that we, uh, as a band back then, we actually put together um, some original music. And I remember listening to it on the cassette taper uh, player. I do have a CD of it. But, um, and my kids would listen and go, that's you singing, mom, that's cool. And I thought, yeah, that was cool. And, you know, those days are over. Those days are over. Those were, those were great while they lasted. And I have to just accept the fact that, that was in the past. And I did think that many, many times, you know, I, I took on new things. I went back to school after a very bad injury um, and subsequent shoulder surgeries. I did go into massage therapy. It's a very creative field. It's a healing field where you're able to be very creative. So of course that went down my whole creative line of, um, you know, kind of something I could resonate with me. And I went back to school, graduated, became licensed in the state of Florida as a clinical massage therapist, loved it. And right after that started, that career started was when the music kicked back in and just tapped me on the shoulder and said, oh, no, no, this is not all you're going to be doing. You're going to be doing more. It was a passion that um, and, a, and a light that went off, as I said earlier, that there was just no denying it. So um, although I thought it was over, I was um, I was mistaken. It wasn't over. <laughs> and I and I found a way to to make it happen again. Okay, so so you said earlier that you searched online, you would search online, <laughs> sort of looking. Right. But now you've just said it's tapped you on the shoulder again. Yeah. So so how how did you get back into the reality of being a singer? Some uh, some music I was listening to, some classical music, as a matter of fact, just just got into my got into me and just really really inspired that emotional connection with music that I always experienced when I performed. And I missed it. I missed it. I missed it so much. It was like missing a person that you needed to reconnect with. And I needed to reconnect with this on some level. Didn't know how. But what I did is I connected with a friend in New York City from New York. And I knew a friend years ago. And this gentleman said, you're getting back into it. That's fabulous. I had just before reconnecting with him, I had recorded some some demos, created a new website, put it out there so that in marketing myself as a singer um, with some bands here in Jacksonville, I might be able to direct them to my demos, see them, listen to me sing, see if that was something that they wanted to join their band. Well, when I connected with my friend, Frank, he said, oh, you got to come back up here. You got to come up and join me on stage. Well, you don't get asked to join a singer on stage in New York City very often in your life. And so when that happened, I, oh yeah, twist my arm, Frank. I got, I made that happen. And I went up and I started doing that. And I, we did that many, many times over about a course of a year and a half. He had uh, released an album that he was promoting and, and he was performing at different places in New York City. And so uh, we brought that show to Jacksonville and I helped produce and performed with him. Well, that basically kicked off my career here in Jacksonville. And I started performing with other bands here, connected with many people in this beautiful music community here in Jacksonville and in St. Augustine and uh, Nassau County, just north of here. It's an amazingly close knit, um, very supportive community. And, um, and we all just kind of know each other and work together and borrow a singer or borrow a guitarist. Um, and then in the fall or late summer of 2019, I created my own band and, um, we started performing here in town. 
But around the same time too, because I need to sort of like do a parallel that was happening. I mentioned in the beginning of this interview that I used to write music when I was a kid. I had sheets, I had notebooks full of lyrics that I had written that I'd look at as an adult and say, what was I thinking? (laughs) So, but then I looked at a few of them and thought, you know, that's not a bad idea. Maybe that has got some potential. I started writing music and I connected here with a local composer, arranger, musician, and together we put out an album in 2018. It was called You Always Were. And it's a song that the, the, the title song to that album is actually a, a message back for me to the act, the very essence of music itself, saying that you always were a part of me and now you're a part of who I am again. And so that was, you know, uh, an experience. Just creating that album was wonderful, but it didn't stop there because <laughs> right after we finished that one, we started working on our next one and we released a second album in November of 2020. And that album was entitled, the title song, the title track is entitled Follow Your Dreams um, because they weren't given by mistake. And that is a um, testimony to anyone out there who thinks that it's too late that you can't write that book or start that restaurant or whatever that dream is that you have. If I can do this, if I can do this, it takes a lot of hard work, a lot of commitment, but if I can do what I've done, you know, just following the cues, following advice of people that I respect and being humble and being teachable, then, uh, then you can do it. And I find it's an interesting theme with many of the people that come on podcast Mm -hmm. is just that, you know, as you say, people, people are put into your life for a reason or something will unfold or, or whatever. Just to backtrack a little Mm -hmm. bit, you know, when you first really got going again with Frank, you were going up to New York, which would have been a different dynamic for your family. Were they still like overall? They've been behind you, but were they still were they hundred percent behind you as you're traveling out of town? Oh well, when I go up to New York, I go up for two days. I fly up on a weekend. I fly up maybe on a yeah. Thursday and can be back by Sunday, or I come up on a Friday and be back by Sunday. So sometimes I brought my husband, and then I had older children that were here that could take care of the younger ones. We all kind of, te- you know, teamwork together there. Sometimes I brought a kid with me. Sometimes I brought my daughter. At one point, one of my daughters in dance was in New York for a while. And she was working uh, with the Alvin Ailey Dance Theater. Um, she did graduate with a degree in dance from JU here in Jacksonville. And in doing so, she also would, would go up for summer intensives all over the, the country, really. And a couple places that she did was with Joffrey Ballet and with Alvin Ailey up in New York City. And her being up there, sometimes they coincided with some of the shows that I would do with Frank. So she would go. We have um, some friends that live up there. I still have friends from New York that I knew growing up up there who live on Long Island or live, you know, just north of the city. And they would come into the city for the shows. And so, you know, it just kind of was just a continuation of what was always supposed to happen. And my family... Um, has always been incredibly supportive of this. My husband, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we've known each other since he was 18 and I was 16. You know, we, he knows me and I know him through and through. And, you know, me picking this up again, you know, he, he never doubted that I would get it to a certain point at some point, but I never would give up the dream. Everything I've ever jumped into <laughs> somehow 
got to a certain point, you know, it never was a, a start and stop. It always went somewhere. So, and, you know, he was very involved in our band when we were in our 20s up in New York. Uh, we would sit, the guys and I would be on stage and that the band wives or the girlfriends were always at a table and, well, there were just five other guys and me. So Bruce would sit with the band wives and he would also be, a, you know, part of the, the roadies. He would have to set up and tuck down the equipment and pack up the trucks and all that stuff. So he loved it then and he does it again now. So, you know, he's very involved. And um, as I said earlier, my children not only are supportive, but they're pretty they're pretty cool with the whole thing, too. They think it's pretty interesting to see your mom, you know, go through those, especially my girls. It's never too late to reinvent yourself. You know, you can do things as they're all starting out in their lives now, but life is a continuation of rediscovery all the time of who you are and what you want to do. And having them witness something like this just gives them that much more, you know, just confidence in their own decisions that what they're doing now doesn't have to be the end all. It's great what you're doing, but you know what? You're always ever evolving. And, um, and I'm proud that they're proud. So. And I'm sure they're doubly proud, more proud, whatever the, the term would be because they didn't grow up with you, with mom just being the singer in the band. Right. It was something that you were like a full-time mom for sure. a whole long time. Many, many times, many years. But then it was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to return to this mm-hmm. thing that I love. Exactly. And, you know, so no, you weren't starting from scratch, but in some ways you were starting from scratch, you know, so, so your gains have been far greater than if you had been the singer in the band the, the whole time. Well, Agnes, thank you for pointing that out because I never thought about that. <laughs> no, no, truly. No, that's, that, that's an amazing perspective to think of. They knew that I did that, but that was just something that I did before I was mom. And they knew that. That's like just they knew, you know, that their dad lived in Scotland with his family for a while. That was those things that you know about. But they don't expect it to continue. I don't know really... I don't know really what was in their minds when I told them that I was doing this again. Maybe they were like, oh, my gosh, you know, I don't I don't know. <laughs> but um, they've never said that. My youngest boys were pretty young, you know, when I kicked this back in and involved in their own stuff. You know, sometimes when they're at shows with us, when they're at gigs that we'll do, they're so like, oh, it's going to be another long one, you know, and they're just I can tell that they're not thrilled, you know, but that's such as the life of the kid, you know, of, of someone involved in this kind of thing. But yeah. I guess you're right about that, that it was something that I had to kind of pick up and start all over again. And they got to witness that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to throw in a comment about, you know, like when the kids sort of go like, oh, mom, <laughs> I was going to say, you know, you're not exactly a, or they would think, mom, you're not exactly a, I, I, I can't think of a single female singer that the, the teens into the oh. 20s would identify with. So it's like, yeah. oh, well, so much for that gotcha. comment. <laughs> <laughs> I understand where you're going. I know I understand where you're going, but just, yeah, I understand. Um, yeah. And so I guess they have to think of me in a different, on a different level when it comes to that. Um, no, I don't think they have to worry about comparing me to those that are, and I've said this and I've said this to other people too, you know, and it's not a competition about how many people are out there doing this kind of thing. There's just such diversity. I don't really need to compare or to compete or to be like, or to be like, you know, or to have my kids think, do I think I'm trying to be 
this or that. I'm not, you know, and so I think that they've kind of come to, an, uh, you know, an under, understanding that maybe they can maybe think of some of the older people that I always liked to listen to. And, you know, and uh, I know that my inspirations are so vast, perhaps um, they can kind of just think, well, maybe she's up there with them and she's just kind of trying to gauge toward that kind of level. I don't know where I'll go and they don't, you know, and that's okay. From what they've told me and the way they communicated, though, my children and my family and even my extended family, um, you know, it's been overall very supportive. And for those who don't support, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I'm doing it anyway. Um, yeah. Find your dreams and do them too. So, yeah. Well, and obviously you, you know, you haven't stopped being a mom nope. and a homemaker sure. and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Like you've, you've found a way to just braid all those pieces together. Yeah into fabric and and this is the fabric of your life you know that's exactly yes exactly exactly and i wouldn't have it any other way now are you still a massage therapist are you still well i have um i still hold my license and i did it for many years i probably went on for about five years but the shoulder surgery which was the inspiration to get me into all this the shoulder itself proved to be not quite as strong as i'd hoped it had been and it kind of, especially last year, it gave me some trouble. Um, I ended up having another surgery. And I have accepted the fact that that particular career, or at least that application of that license, is probably not going to happen anymore. But there's wonderful things that you can do under a healthcare license such as that. You know, I'm also health coaching. I can still be involved in that type of work that still allows me to continue a license. So I still get my CEs every year, every two years, and I'm still getting my license renewed. And so I'll still hold it. I'm not sure how long I'll hold it, but I worked really hard to get it. So I don't want to let it go yet. So, but I'm still keeping it going. Yep. Now, perhaps the inevitable question, we've just come off a year and some of COVID. Mm-hmm. What did that do for your singing career? Because it sounds like you were just really getting into stride you're right and COVID hit you're right so 2019 we were really kicking in um I got all my musicians together everybody was getting up to speed um learning some of the covers that we wanted to do as well as the originals and we have lots of originals that we perform and um so it was a lot of learning a lot of just kind of getting the chemistry right between the the players so we kicked in about some July August September we went all the way until so in January and February, when everyone started getting news about COVID and what was, you know, potentially maybe around the corner, it didn't stop us then. We, we, we kept going and I had a pretty big show that was scheduled for TPC weekend, which was March of 2020. And that was the weekend that they shut everything down. So I think we had a few people come, but they were very timid. And then the restaurant closed earlier. And so so yeah, at that point, we stopped performing. However, I did not stop recording. I was still writing and recording. So throughout all of, of 2020, even though we were shut down in terms of performing, I, I still got together with the people at our studio where we, where we worked. And everybody was fine. We, we, we'd always were careful in terms of getting too close, that kind of thing. And we always we're very, you know, as I said, we were very mindful of what was going on. Nothing ever happened. So it all ended up working out very well, but we were able to finish our album that way. And we had, you know, different people come into the studio and record their tracks. 
And um, it was, it, it, it never stopped us from still being able to at least pursue, pursue that project. Also, during 2020, um, I had another project going and it's still kind of in the works. We're still working on it. I recorded an audiobook of my book. So my book may have come out in 2010, but I updated and did a 10 year anniversary of my book, Twins Times Three, literally called Twins Times Three, the 10 year anniversary and re-released it, republished and re-released it in 2020. And then I started recording an audiobook version of it. So that's been another project we've been working on. And, um, and of course, the project, the book itself now includes the growing children, the growing family, where they are today, what everyone's doing. And it, of course, it includes the music. So the story continued all the way up until then. So, so yes, yeah, so that's uh, it's we, we were never not busy in 2020. <laughs> that's great I have a question for you that has nothing to do with anything really okay <laughs> but you just you mentioned the word covers if if you do a cover mm-hmm. either live or mm-hmm. are you allowed to record do you need permission from the original well, or you know there's 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 there are um organizations that you join when you have your own music that protects you from people who do that type of thing I hear that pup um, and I've got a I've got a kitty who's in this room with me walking around. I was just chuckling because mine mine's been carrying on, and then I see yours. <laughs> so <laughs> she's the listener. So a, a quick little a quick little you know um, tangent here. Um, so we have a, a a little cat that decided to adopt us about two months ago. Literally just landed in our yard. So we took him in, and not right away, but after a little while. And I took him to our vet and had him check for a chip. I didn't know if it was someone else's. We did like online searching in our neighborhood, you know, with next door and that type of thing. Anyone missing a kitty? No. Long story short, he's now our cat. Allie, who's 10, is not so okay with that. So she loves to be outside, but when she's in, she stays in here. This is my room. She stays in our room. She's got a whole suite set up with all her needs. So, right, of course, now during this interview, she wants to get out. So, um, but that's that. So, no, let me go ahead and explain. So, um, I am a member of BMI, um, Broadcast Music Institute, you know, and and that allows for anyone who decided they wanted to perform my my music, um, I would get royalties. So, you know, we don't have people record our, our gigs. So, I don't want anyone to do that. No, we're able to perform live people's covers. It's not like we're making money off of their music so but if we were to have a large type of event and we performed you know say a faith hill song or something like that then they would be notified and she would make the royalty off that that play so that would be happening we always make sure all our t's are crossed and our eyes are dotted when it comes to that type of thing mostly when we do our gigs we have a following that loves our original music and so we play most of that. So, um, yeah. And I that, that was, sorry. No, I no, no. You didn't think that was an effort to no, trick you up. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, You're not I the first one to be, ask. I used to be way back in the day, one of the girlfriends at the table. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And, gotcha. And it, they never recorded, but they only did covers. Gotcha. Um, they didn't do original right. stuff. And it always, that was way back in the 70s. Sure. But even so, then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now like people are way more mm-hmm. attentive to that sort of sure. thing. Um, so I was just you know curious, going hmm. how's that work? <laughs> so. And 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 you know, and there are cover bands 
primarily cover bands. That's what they do. And there are some that we do as well, as I said, but we, you know, unless they're, you know, a band is making all kinds of money from an event that is not ethical when it comes to the music business. So, and we're certainly not, we're not in it for the money. That's for sure. When it comes to performing, we love doing it. You know, people enjoy listening to music that they've, they recognize they want to get up and dance to. So that's why, and that's how it works. And so, as I said, if it gets to the point where we had a large audience or we were making money off of it to any degree, then that would be a, a, an, a, an issue where we would have to make sure that their agents were notified and they would be able to make the money off of those live performances. So, yeah. yeah. And I would hope oh, the same okay. thing would happen with me. You know, I mean, our, our music is copyrighted. So I would hope that nobody would try to make money off of my music. But if they were doing a small kind of thing, I wouldn't have any problem with it. So. I was going to say, if you've reached the stage where oh, yeah. bands are covering. And I saw people like, covering okay. me. Is, if they put it online, I'd be like, look at this. This is cool. So, yeah. <laughs> or well done. What a great, great, yeah, what a great version. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, see that from time to time. That's great. Mm-hmm. So two albums. Yes. Do you have another one coming out this year? Or um, next we are year, working or? on our third. <laughs> so we are. Okay. Yes, we have. We're several songs into the third album. Yes. Are you the songwriter or now is it more of a. I am primary. I, I do all the lyrics. I am the lyricist. So all the lyrics okay. go and we sit down together. I, I work on my piano. See my little keyboard back there. Um, and I work out some melodies for um, that. I have an idea once we decide what kind of genre we want to use, because I do not write rock or pop or jazz or blues or, and it's really a combination of everything. I I throw in a lot of, a lot of different influences to the music. So it's uh, some of it's, some of it's jazz standards. Some of it is um, more on a kind of a, a bluesy sound. And then there are just some power ballads in there that I really, really love doing. But we work them out together. So it's really just a two-person team, myself and my co-writer and co-producer, Kenny Levine. Um, he is also from, originally from the upstate, I mean, from the New York area, from Connecticut. All my band members are all from New York, too. It's interesting. We all kind of ended up down here. And, um, and we work out melody. We work out what we want for verse. We work out what we want for, we envision for the chorus itself. And then we just put it together and we start working on it and we apply the lyrics. It's a process. And then we start recording it. And then we start really evolving it into the song that it's going to be. And it is my, I am lead vocalist. Um, and then we hire background singers to come in. I love horns. So I love having trumpet. I love having saxophone on my music. So I've got a handful of those that I will tap into in Jacksonville here, get them in and have them record with us. And so, um, yeah, every, every song is, is a project in and of itself and takes weeks, if not longer to perfect that one song. So, it, you know, so doing an album does take months and months. And, um, and I love every bit of it because the creative process is very, very, very nourishing and very life affirming to me. And every one of those songs that we've done, they are a baby, you know, of mine, another one. And, um, and they are a creation that, that, you know, that I, I'm very, very proud of to be part of. So, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. 
So, so what would you say to a woman who had a burning desire to go for a dream from days gone by? Mm -hmm. And let's play it safe. And sorry, that doesn't come out right because it sounds like you played it safe. Uh, but what I was going to say is play it safe and, and say it was a dream, mm -hmm. like for the theoretical, that she'd ha actually had success with before. So gotcha. similar to you. Okay. So if she's going to reclaim that previous dream, career, whatever it was, mm -hmm. uh, what would you say to her? So, so the first thing is just you think of just basic logic. So if you say in my situation, I just found people who were also immersing themselves in this dream not just not to try to fashion my journey after theirs but to ask them advice to ask their help to get their take on what I've been doing so far and was it good enough to pursue any further you know anybody who can say well you know I listened and you know it's great <laughs> and you kind of get a get a feel but if they say to you, oh, my gosh, you got to do this. Well, then that just allows you to feel that confidence. So if so, a woman who was involved in, say, her, her dream was become own her own business, own her own restaurant. Um, I have a friend that's doing that. She was involved. She was in culinary school. She was very involved in, re in a restaurant in Virginia, as a matter of fact. Um, and then she took some time. She had a family, did the same kind of thing. Didn't do as quite as long as I did, but had that dream of opening up her own, her own restaurant. And she did. She really, really did. I would say, you know, I would say you find people in that field, you immerse yourself and everything about that dream that lit that fire in you, whatever it is. And you connect, as I said, with like-minded people. You find other people who are, are doing what you want to do, maybe not the same way or whatever you, your dream is, never going to be the same as someone else's. Or you don't even really know what the goal is, the end goal. It's more about the journey. And that's what I'm finding, that it's more about the people I've met along the way. And, um, and the if it all ended tomorrow, as so many people say, I would be thrilled that I got to experience this. So to any woman saying, you know, I always wanted to write a book and I never really just did it. I say, find the time, not even find it because you know what, if you want it bad enough, you'll make it. It's all about the desire. If you make the time for yourself to write that book, you put those, put those ideas together, start formulating that outline, that story, the whatever that means, those characters, start really building those characters. It's going to take some time. But if you do it and you start it, the further you start to get into this process, the more you're going to realize and you're going to appreciate the fact that you're making it happen. And so keep going. Don't stop. One time I was, when I stepped off the stage with Frank, that one, that very first time, it was at the cutting room in Manhattan. And his vocal coach was there and she was so nice to me when I first met her. She shook my hand, was very, very, you know, very kind to me. Know that his friend who came up for, from Florida is going to, you know, get on stage and sing back up with him. Well, then I got off the stage and she put her arms out to me and she said, brava to me. And she said, oh, my God, do not stop. Keep going. Remember, 
Don't ever, ever, ever forget this, Fran. Keep going. Well, I haven't. She gave me, she was someone in the field who had enough experience and had been in the field long enough that I had enormous respect in what her opinion was, what I did and what I was doing. So that was enough among all the other support that I've had and that said, yeah, I need to keep going. So, and I think everyone who has that dream knows that it's strong enough. It's not put in your heart by mistake. You need to follow that dream because, because that's there for you, but it's also there for other people to watch you do it and to be inspired by you. So do it. And at the risk of sounding like I'm throwing a negative in, you said something at the beginning there, where is it, if, if you go for it and, and do it, but somebody with real credibility is mm-hmm. really, really polite about it. Right, right. <laughs> so obviously maybe this isn't right. something that you should still do. It's, it's better to know for sure than to always wonder. I think that I think that's the case. And so if if someone had been very polite to me and said, you know, I love that you're doing this. I I appreciate your passion. I appreciate your enthusiasm. And, you know, it's very inspirational. And if someone were to say, I have if you were to ask my advice about how you should proceed, maybe stay involved in music. You know, be a supporter of people in music or, you know, and I know that's happened. It's happened to people, you know, where those dreams are huge, but they're just not what they expected them to be, or they weren't cut out for that. It doesn't mean that that dream is over. It means that maybe it has to be maybe tailored more to what your strengths are. So it doesn't mean that you're not supposed to be now. I don't know where I'm going to go with this. I'm going to keep going. It, it may never get beyond Jacksonville and the and the music that I have online now, which is still fantastic. If it gets further, that was, that's fantastic. Um, I will be thrilled. I know we're going to be really trying to promote the audiobook and connect it with the music. Um, and I hope that that maybe brings us up to another level, another notch or two. And ever as I said, every you can't you had to try to not fall into the temptation of trying to say that what success is that you imagine is the only definition or the only real answer of what success is. Success could just be that you followed that path for a while. I followed the path of massage therapy for a while. I fully, fully felt that that is where I was supposed to be, to be able to pay forward the healing that I received and to be able to provide that for other people. I did it, but I wasn't meant to continue it. So it saddened me when I knew that my body was just not going to really allow me to do that, that sports stretching that is involved in the field that I'm in, it doesn't mean that I can't continue it on some aspect. So, so there you go. There's two things that I can relate to hundred percent. One that worked out, one that didn't really work out to where I thought it was going to, but it doesn't mean that it, you know, that it wasn't meant to happen for a while. And it's interesting because I remember probably back in the day when we were first meeting mm-hmm. and doing what we were doing is I, I remember actually writing a blog post is, um, is the opposite or does the opposite of success need to be failure? And no, it doesn't. Right. You, you, you sometimes don't succeed 
but it doesn't mean you've failed. You know, it just right. means that, you know, something's come up or there's been a blockade or, or something put in your path. And so you just redirect or, right. or whatever. So you haven't failed. Right. It's not like you got up on stage and everybody booed. <laughs> right. It's just a matter of, you know, like you've, you've redefined it, tweaked it, whatever sure. it was. Yeah. So, or maybe yeah, you so. did it as long as you were supposed to. There was yeah. a, there was a reason, you know, there was a reason why you only got as far as you did. Um, it doesn't mean that, as you said, it wasn't, it wasn't a success. It all, you know, I think our human minds and our, our, our perception of success doesn't mean that we've gone all the way to the top of whatever the top is for whatever profession or whatever dream or whatever that is. Are we all going to be a New York Times bestselling author? I am, I'm not. I haven't. And I've had a book out now, two books out. And I've done a lot of promoting, but it never got there yet. Now, will it? It might. The audiobook might do that. Which, again, you know, it's about what we define as success. The fact that it got out there, even if maybe 30 million people didn't read it, but maybe the three people that were meant to did. Maybe if the music isn't heard by worldwide, but, but 10 people really resonated with three of those songs, it had inspired them to maybe change a direction in their life. Maybe not something I'll ever know about because I'm not meant to be, but it happened whether I know it or not. And so I know that, you know, we all succeed without knowing we did on lots and lots of aspects. And maybe one day we'll know, you know, looking back or someone will write us a letter and say, you know, you didn't know this, but you really inspired me. So, or maybe we'll never get that letter, but that shouldn't stop us from still doing what we do or maybe stopping where we did when it, cause it didn't work out for whatever reason. We're getting very deep here, Agnes. <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny because I mean, one of my favorite phrases is you don't know what you don't know. Mm. You know, so exactly that. Oh, yeah. You, know, like, you oh, might yeah. touch someone and never, ever know. That's it, right. So, That's yeah, exactly yeah. true. So, Absolutely. Okay. So let's, before we wrap, <laughs> have you spread out further than Jacksonville. Where do people find you? Let's start. Like, are you on YouTube? Or is I, that like, are uh, you a website? No, well, uh, let, let's go ahead and just uh, can give some contact and some, and some, you know, some information of how we can find what we do. So first of all, my blog, franpetrie.com. So F-R-A-N-P-I-T-R-E.com is my first blog. The blog uh, is, is for parents of twins and parenting, all kinds of things, but it also on the first page connects to the music so you can always click on a link that's right there on the blog first page it'll take you to my music site which is franpetriesings.com but on that site it'll also connect you to the blog and to the book so everything inter into you know intermingles because basically we brand who we are and all the different things that are us so um so you can go to um, I know I said that pretty fast, but FranPetrieSings.com is my website um, for music, and it connects you to events in Jacksonville where we're playing, where we have upcoming. It's got some archives of what we did. It has a music link that is all the music that you can download. It also connects you to just history of how we got here and photos, that kind of thing, a little gallery. And it also connects you with YouTube with Spotify and other, I'm on every other uh, music uh, streaming platform as well. And you can find me there. So I've got videos that I did three 
very high-end professional music videos for three of my songs for my first album. This past year kind of prohibited us from being able to do that for the next album, but that doesn't mean we won't. So um, just haven't yet. Um, there's a few that I'd love to do videos for. I have a wonderful team that I do videos with down in St. Augustine who are just, you know, the cutting edge of, of, um, of filmmaking. And they're an amazing group. And I put my band together and we do it all. And we do outside stuff and inside stuff. And, and you can find us. We are very active now that things have picked up. Thank goodness. And I'll, as I said, you can find us on the events page on my, on my site where we're going to be and um, you know what nights, what the dates are. And so as for branching out, I haven't gone back to New York. It just hasn't opened up yet as much as we'd like it to. Frank um, is still a little bit timid about it. He still has a, an apartment in Manhattan and one up in um, Chappaqua. And I'd like to. The moment he says yes, I'm there. And, uh, and we'll do it again. Um, I'm also interested in bringing him back to Jacksonville and doing it again here. We did a wonderful, we called it A Night of Blue-Eyed Soul. His type of music combined with mine. It's really, really awesome. And um, just wonderful music. A lot of, lot of great stuff. And so nothing's stopping us. You know, we keep it going as much as we can in terms of what's going on today in the world. But I feel it's, it's happening. It's coming out. And, and we're coming back out, too. So, um, but you can find everything, you know, on my site. Good. So. Okay. And obviously we'll put those notes in the, or those links in the yes. show notes. Mm-hmm. But you know, I could tell, I mean, I get to look at you. Everybody <laughs> knows that I record on Zoom. Right. But I can hear in your voice too, just that, mm-hmm. the passion, but the, what's the word? Just the comfort with the decision that you have made. It, it really comes through in your voice. Wonderful. And, I'm glad to and hear I think. That. That is success in itself. It's just to feel within yourself that you're doing what you want to do. Exactly. Well, as I said, you know, they're not those, 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 those feelings that we have about the things that give us joy. You can call them dreams that we have. You can call them just aspirations. You can call them, you know, what we feel we're meant to be, what drives us, what, what makes us up in the morning, makes, you know, and it makes us want to keep, keep going. You know, you can't, you can't ignore that. And if you put it away for a while, like I backburnered it, you know, I put it on the back burner when we had our first set of twins. Yeah, for sure. You know, I turned off the burner when we had set number two. And I just turned off the whole oven and moved the pot off the stove and put it in the sink when we had the third set of twins, thinking it was just over. But, you know, it just stays within you because it's who you are. And so it came back, it grabbed me and, um, and I could not be happier that, you know, that I am doing this. But again, what I said earlier is that without the people in my life that have supported me in this endeavor, I would not be able to do it because, you know, it, it takes their, not their approval, but it takes their, their agreement and their support of all that goes into those things. Because it's not always fun. It's not always a smooth sailing. It's not a street that's not sometimes, you know, blocked. Um, there's lots of lots of roadblocks. There's lots of things that happen that detour us. It hasn't been easy, you know, regardless of those obstacles. Just keep, keep moving forward and keep trying because, uh, as you said, uh, there is a comfort when it comes to a decision that you know is what's right to do. 
I remember um, this is a whole different subject and I know we're going to wrap up, but my husband and I, you know, we didn't have a child for nine years and it was heartbreaking and we thought that was going to be it. But I was very, very stubborn and I wanted very badly to make this happen. I did not want to go through this life without one child at least. Um, And we, we were very careful as to what we agreed to do when it came to like intervention and we didn't do the big big guns things, but we did a couple things and then it worked. So then I knew that because it worked and we found out we were actually having twins, I did feel peace in the fact that it took what I did and what we decided to commit to, to make the dream come true. It just did. You know, if we'd given up, we would not have had our beautiful daughters. And then later, which we didn't have to, you know, go to the lengths we did, but we ended up, you know, with another set of twins four years later and then completely surprised twin boys seven years after that. Um, you know, if, if it wasn't for the drive inside of you, inside of me and inside of all of us that go after things that we want, they just won't happen. So listen to that drive. Listen to that passion. Listen to that spark that started it all. It could have started when you were, you know, five. But there's a reason it was there. You know, it wasn't given to you by mistake. <laughs> I'm almost sorry now that I'm going to do an outro. That was just the perfect <laughs> thing, place to end on. No. So listeners, I really do encourage you to look Fran up. I have done that. I've listened to a bunch <laughs> of your stuff. Have you? Wonderful. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. So thanks for tuning in today. Uh, feel free to share this episode and remember to leave stars. It helps us grow. Your comments can be left wherever you listen to podcasts or at twoboomerwomen.com forward slash join dash the dash conversation. If you would like to be a guest on the Two Boomer Women podcast or know someone who should be, there's an application form at the website too. Fran, thank you so much for sharing your amazing story with us today. Agnes, it was my absolute honor and pleasure and a privilege. And it was lovely to talk with you again. Absolutely. For a while there, I forgot it wasn't just the two of us talking here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and uh, I appreciate you letting me go off on tangents. I tend to do that sometimes. So That's what, you know, the, the subtitle for our podcast is The Fine Art of Conversation. So I have guide notes. Everybody knows that. But yeah, sometimes it fears and that's what it's meant to do. Have a great rest of week. You do too. Thank you so much. 